on cornerofthegalaxy.com. It's time for another episode of Corner of the Galaxy from the Box, the show that gets you behind the scenes of the LA Galaxy and into the minds of soccer reporters and MLS experts. Your hosts for the day are Corner of the Galaxy's Josh Gessman and LA Times soccer reporter Kevin Baxter. Let's start the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy from the box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Gessman, coming to you on a Monday, March 14th. LA Galaxy fall to the Seattle Sounders 3-2. Doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel right. I'm telling you, something, something's not right. It didn't. That shouldn't have ended the way it did. It shouldn't have happened the way it did. All those things being said, the Galaxy lost. Same as they did last year in the same exact game. We're going to talk a whole bunch about the Seattle game. That's our main focus today. How bad was Julian Araujo? I don't know. We'll talk about that as well, because certainly I don't think he was good. Uh, some some surgery for one of the LA Galaxy players. We'll have a little insight into that. And of course, everything is leading to this Orlando game coming up on Saturday. Galaxy back at home to face off against Orlando City. And Pato is in the house. Uh, I don't think he's coming on this podcast, but he got one, so uh, so that's good. I'm glad we're I'm glad we're there uh, to help me get through all this fun stuff we've got going on today. He is back. It is the panda himself, Mister Kevin Baxter. Kev, how's it going? You know, I told you uh, you were talking about how the Galaxy were going to run the table, 34-0, 34 <laughs> clean sheets. I told you it wasn't going to happen. Yo, and man. So we knew eventually they were going to stub their toe, but. But you you're coming on saying it, it it didn't feel right. They haven't won in Seattle since Obama was president. I mean, it's been 2016, I think, the last time they won there. So it it feels exactly the way it's supposed to feel. It feels exactly normal. No, it was different. It was different this time. This was the the result may have been uh, expected just based off of historical results, but it was not expected in terms of how they played. I I I 100% believe that. Uh, by the way, I don't know if we're going to make this a thing for every show, Kevin, but uh, but Herbalife still in Russia. We just wanted to just wanted to, to point that out on, on a regular basis uh, that the title sponsor for the L.A. Galaxy still in Russia, still still doing all that, uh, all those Herbalife drinks, trying to cure uh, cure all that ails with uh, with a protein shake, I'm sure. Yeah, it's not working. It, does, it certainly doesn't seem to be. Yeah, not yet. It's not working. But uh, yeah. you're, I mean, you going back to soccer, if we if we may. Please. Um, Greg Vanny said the same thing you did. It's like, this doesn't, it, this is not right. We dominated the game and we should have won. He he was ups, as upset as I think maybe I've seen him in I, his, his brief. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was going to say one of the things, Kevin, uh, that I would like to point out about Greg Vanny or any coach really that has to talk to us after games or or converse with us after a loss and especially after this one um of all those th- i'm always amazed we don't get yelled at 
right? I'm always amazed we're not in the crossfire for these guys because, and sometimes we are, but with Greg, that hasn't been the case and I don't expect it to be the case, but he comes in and sits down and I'm like, oh, this is, you could just see it in his eyes. You're like, this is, he is not a happy camper. Um, and remember last year, Kevin, uh, I, I, I pointed this out. The Galaxy won their first two games last year uh, and then they went to Seattle and they lost three to nothing. Uh, they got played off the field and everybody said, hey, listen, this team is still developing under Greg Vanny. And Greg came on afterwards and I'm sure was gracious and said, yeah, you know, we didn't play well. We needed to do a little bit better, blah, 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 all these things. Well, that that graciousness with his team is no longer like I'm the new coach here. The great that that's gone. Right. So. Uh, I think he he intimated at least a little bit that he was uh, he was a little upset with the guys and maybe let them know how upset he was with them. So I don't think it was a happy place in the locker room. No. Well, one of the things you talk about is is in every sport, there's generally even in MLS, there's like a 10 minute cooling off period. Yeah, uh, that's what it's actually called. A cooling right. off period. 10 minutes after the end of the game, before they open the clubhouse or the manager meets with us or whatever it is. And that's what that is for so that they don't snap at us. I do remember one old angels manager who after every loss, the writers would go down in his office and it was always the new kid that had to ask the first question because after a loss, whatever the first question was, it was a stupid question. So they let him go. By the way, speaking of that though, um, uh, the media meeting with the players and coaches, major league baseball reopened its clubhouses for the first time since the start of COVID this week in, in, in uh, spring training in Arizona, uh, I wonder if MLS is going to do that. That was a question that was immediately asked. When is MLS going to do that? MLS is tone deaf when it comes to the way it deals with the media. So I'm guessing it's not going to be happening soon. Right. But I, I do think that we lose a lot by not going in and getting to meet the players and talk to the players and have some one-on-ones and, and, and things like that. In-person media availability um, uh, this week. So Wednesday, the LA Galaxy have scheduled another in-person media availability. So you're able to go, uh, you're able to, I, I will say, watch training. Listen, you can watch like the first 15 minutes when they're warming up, which is nothing. And then they go and do their tactical thing. And then you can talk to them afterwards. And sometimes, Kevin, in the past, the last 15 minutes would just be, hey, shoot around time. Everybody have fun. Uh, apparently with Greg, once training is over, everybody's done and everybody goes inside. It's no more. Let's go. Everybody done. So um, I don't you don't get that view, but you do get the personal touch in terms of uh, standing in front of guys and being able to talk to guys. So there's 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 a little movement there towards what 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 we'll we'll say is normalcy. But I thought it was big to see uh, MLB announcing in person in locker in the clubhouse. Right. You're allowed to be in there. And that is that can be used as a template for all the rest of it. So we'll see if we get back into in-person press conferences afterwards and in-person in the locker room here. Um, I would guess in the next maybe six months or so. It really behooves the teams to string this out. For one reason, they don't like us in the dressing room, but for another reason, they want to keep those charter flights. Hey, if if MLS says everything back to normal, yeah. COVID's gone. That means we're on Southwest yep. to Denver in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Tim, by the way, gave us a two dollars super chat. Thanks for that, Tim. Appreciate it. Um, yeah. So uh, that's uh, it's been again. I was I was surprised. I thought Mark Delgado was a little more angry and snippy than I had expected him to be, which was uh, which was fun to talk to afterwards. Um, it's just, I, I do like to see the, the, how people communicate whenever clearly they're upset, right? Like, and, and how that goes. And I can tell you that from at least my observation, it was zoom, you know, it was on zoom. Uh, but, and by the way, that game felt so early and this game on Saturday is going to feel so early. Um, I was barely out of my PJs by the time, like I was on the, uh, the zoom call with everybody trying to find out what was going on after the game. You, you went on a zoom call with the man with Greg Vanny in your pajamas. I had a nice shirt on. It was fine. My hair was a little ruffled, but you know, Hey, it is what it is. Um, so, you know, we, we, we survived 
and, and Greg answered my questions. Uh, weren't a lot of people on the call though, Kevin, not a lot of people no. on the call. Um, and I, have I, was been, in, I was in Mexico. You were in Mexico. Um, but I will say, by the way, I, 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 I left my passport in my, um, shirt pocket and uh -huh. it went through the washer and the dryer. Do you think it's going to work tomorrow? It I got to go to Mexico again. Yeah, I think so. I, th I think you'd be okay. okay. Usually those things are, are pretty durable. Um, but Don't no, they have chip, chips in them now. They do, but most of the time they can get wet and shouldn't be, shouldn't be an issue. Oh, if, okay. if not, you'll just be in jail. It'll be fine. Um, I'm sure it will be, Thanks. but no, I mean, I, bake I, me a fake, bake me a pupusa with a file in it. Um, I have seen sort of a drop off, um, already this year in just how much coverage and how much attention the LA galaxy are getting. It's something I've been watching and it's something that has been steady over the last probably 12 months. Um, so if you don't think that having poor results and poor play over the last five years has had an effect, not just on attendance, um, I would also posture, at least at this point, that it has also had an effect on the media covering it and, and how that's going. So just keep an eye on that. Just well, also the personalities, too. I mean, when Zlatan was here, every media, you know, the New York Times came through, Washington Post, Sports Illustrated, everybody came through. Um, Chicharito's great, you know, Costa's great, but it's not, he's not Zlatan. And, and that has a little bit of, of an effect on it. But you, I want to go back to what you mentioned earlier about Mark, uh, Mark excuse me, Mark Delgado. Thank you. Be, being a little bit snippy. I actually thought that he also tried to find the silver lining, which yeah. Greg Vanny was losing his mind over the fact that all three goals came on set pieces, and he should. Mark Delgado came in and said, look, there's good and bad to it. The, the good, the bad is we gave up three goals. We should never give up three goals on set pieces. The good is they all came on set pieces. Fixing a set, set, set piece defense, he said, is much simpler than trying to fix defense from the run of play. He goes, it's getting guys to trust one another, knowing where they should be, knowing that someone else is, is holding their position. He said that kind of stuff, it's got to come from us on the field, learning to trust one another, but it, it will come. And, and so he actually seemed to be as positive as you could be after yes. that defensive effort. I, I agree. I agree. And listen, it's not a defensive effort. Let's be very clear. The Galaxy from the run of play were perfectly fine. In fact, Seattle had near a chance from the run of play. Um, you say Nair? I said wow. Nair. Yeah, that's right. We're throwing You're it back a to me. poet, and he didn't know it. Um, no, I did. I used the word on purpose and everything. But yeah. they, they, they didn't have many chances. This is not a game where Seattle was out there just passing the LA Galaxy how, to death. How many, how many shots did they have? They had three. Four. No, they, they had, had four. four. Yeah, because one of them was four. saved. Um, yep. One of them was saved, and the other three went in. One of those was from a penalty kick. One of those was from Julian Araujo kicking the ball into his own net, even though it went under Jordan Morris's leg. And one of those was from Sega Koulibaly playing patty cake in the center of the field with somebody while Nick DePew forgot that he was supposed to mark somebody and Julian Araujo kept everybody onside. Um, you know, so you can, you can go back and look at this. These were not team breakdowns. These were not team defensive issues. Matt Doyle has a stat that he put out that the LA galaxy last year were like 22nd in terms of defending transitions. Um, and basically, you know, a transition is a, is a fast break is a counterattack, is something where they're open up where, where the galaxy defense is opened up and then they're allowed to sort of, um, you know, get scored on in the first three games, the LA galaxy are the second best in the league in transition defense. And you can point to one guy, Mark Delgado, causing a ton of problems in there for teams trying to get out on the break and trying to do that. But it's a whole team thing as well. So I even said this and I was wrong. This was not a defensive breakdown game. This was not a bad defense. The defense played perfectly fine from the run of play. You want to talk about set piece defending and you want to talk about um, the ability to stay within within oneself and to understand the ramifications of the things that you're trying to do, then you can. Because if we're going to look at this game, which we are, 
if we're going to look at this game through any lens, it's that Julian Araujo probably had one of the worst games he's ever had for an LA Galaxy, uh, for the LA Galaxy, hands down, period, end of. Um, I've seen games where he's gone missing in action uh, where that is much better than what happened yeah, uh, in, he in was, this game. He was in too much action this time. By the way, we were talking before we came on about how, so the Galaxy opened the season with two clean sheets mm-hmm. and there were some defensive breakdowns that they got lucky mm-hmm. they got away with. So um, my feeling was the Galaxy defense was not as good as it was the, as the results of the first two games. They, 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 they weren't clean sheet performances, I didn't think. They probably were not as good as bad as the scoreline would indicate, as you're saying. Yes. You know, they were great from the run of play. So I think it's a little bit of an even out process. They weren't as good as they were in the two shot as they appeared to be in the two shutouts, and they weren't as bad as they appeared to be in this game. It's a little bit in between. The good thing, though, and and Mark Delgado was right. You know, those are things that could be fixed. But if you look at the the offensive side, Chicharito again. You know, he, he had five. He had he's had nine going into this game. He led the league with nine shots, five on goal. Um, and he gets another goal here. And then uh, Costa gets, you know, opens his account yep. and, and gets a goal. And that's uh, probably a confidence building thing for him, you know, to get kind of get his confidence going. He's played all three games, he's, which we he, didn't think, you know, it, you and I, if we had a bet on this, we've not had no. a bet that he'd played all three games. So, uh, you know, offensively, those two, those two guys getting going is a really good sign, I think. Uh, LA Galaxy, third game in a row, they refuse to put out a lineup graphic that actually shows anybody in a correct position. So when they do that, then MLS makes up their own and puts Efrain Alvarez as the second forward next to Chicharito. Now, nope. yeah, nope. I know. yeah, of course not. Um, Victor Vasquez, of course, injured in the last game and had to come out early. Uh, Efrain Alvarez started in his place. Um, Vasquez did play, though. He, he did. in the, what, the 60th minute or something, yeah. 67th. Yeah, something. he came on in the second half. Um, Efrain Alvarez missing an action for most of this game as well. Uh, I you know, listen, I looked at his ratings in terms of where people had their ratings, and there's a lot of pluses for a guy who was didn't really factor into a lot of the uh, the buildup or the plays that the LA Galaxy came away with. The first goal that the LA Galaxy scored, here's here's something, and again, another comparison. Let me compare this first, and then we can go back um, and talk about it a little bit. Here is the LA Galaxy through their first three games. Now, I I kept track last year of if you scored first or allowed first, right? So in three games so far this season, the LA Galaxy have scored first in all three games. Okay, what say you about last year through the first three games? Let's see. Uh, the LA Galaxy scored first in their second game, uh, but they, they allowed the first goals in their second and third games. Okay, so here is a team that already has improved a little bit in that way. And if you look at the LA Galaxy and what they, how they have been scoring in recent years, Kevin, it's a lot of counterattack goals. It's a lot of, and I've said this, the Galaxy are a better counterattacking team than they are a possession-based team. Not, not, maybe not so true anymore um, because the very first goal the LA Galaxy come out of uh, is a 13-pass sequence that leads to a Chicharita goal. And it absolutely was manufactured from the back to the front. They moved Seattle around the way that they wanted to. Uh, Ryan Revelison, we've, we talked about him possibly getting a little bit more forward, Kevin, and getting into the attack more. This was the game he was more in attack. This was the game where he was a guy who was able to float off of Mark Delgado and cause some problems. And if we go to our average spaces, right, our average positioning um, and the passing network that it shows where the average positioning is, there's two things that sort of actually there's three things that sort of came to mind. Number one is how important is Mark Delgado? He is the hub of the wheel that the LA Galaxy are working on right now. He has a strong network to almost every single player around him on the field. 
Um, and that I think is a huge, huge plus. So that was number one, Kevin. And then I'll, then I'll, I'll go back to you. Number two is if you look at Ravellison's average position, it's further up the field than Delgado was. Um, and so Ryan Ravellison getting forward more, getting in the attack more, combining out with Costa and with Chicha um, and, you know, a little bit more with Julian Araujo, who's pressed up there as well. So putting Ravellison in a more advanced attacking role um, in this as well. And then the third thing is, which people aren't going to like, is Kevin Cabral is the only person on this team right now. Maybe Raheem Edwards, but he has to start from a much deeper position and maybe Julian Araujo for the same reason that has given the LA Galaxy any sort of width. All right. Douglas Costa, as much as I as I am impressed by him, is a come inside guy. He will get that ball, Kevin, and he will come inside. He's not going to be sprinting down the right hand side on the line. So those are my three things that I sort of took from the average position and from this game. Um, There's some things to improve on there. But Mark Delgado has been uh, a little more eye opening than I expected him to be. He's been everything that Greg Vanny sort of sort of said he was he was he was going to be become. I don't want to bury Julian Araujo just yet. Uh, you talk a lot about him going to Europe. Based on this performance, the only way he's going to Europe is by buying a ticket. Um, and it, I mean, he's he's better than that. And that's the thing. It's it's like, I, I guess that's why you can be a little more critical and a little more disappointed because he's better than that. And and with some guys, you say, well, he just didn't have a good game. You know, he was really trying. He just doesn't have the talent. Julian Araujo has the talent, the smarts, the ability, all those things. So I'm sure he's even more upset with this performance than we are, and I wonder how much of Tet, uh, of this the last three games actually that Tata Martino saw, and, and whether that's going to affect his call up. I think Mexico probably needs him. Uh, they actually need Chicharito as well, but apparently he's not in the mix. Um, they have some problems up front. Mexico does going into these World Cup qualifiers. But going back to Mark Delgado, when the Galaxy got him, I think the response was sort of a you know a collective sigh. It looks like okay, whatever. And then Greg told us, look, there's nobody better in MLS than bring the ball up. He's going to be the guy to do it. Because we ask, you know, what, without Jonathan, how right. is that going to happen? Right. Oh, Mark Delgado is going to do it. And, you know, he's going to be great. And we were like, yeah, okay, whatever. He is. And you know what? It, uh, Greg Vanny knows him. He had him in Toronto. He knows him very well. Um, whether he it wants to say, look, we just didn't use him well in Toronto or he's gotten better since I left and I followed him, whatever it is, Greg was absolutely right so far on what Mark Delgado can do. And you know who he reminds me of? When Greg Vanny had those great teams in Toronto, and it wasn't all that long ago, we're talking three or four years ago, the 2017 team that won the treble. The guy who did what Mark Delgado did. Was Mark Delgado? Doing, oh, no. 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 Okay, no, different guy. It was, it was, no, it was Bradley, right. Michael Bradley. And, and uh, the point is... Mark Delgado is now the Michael Bradley uh, of of this team, uh, and and that may sound a little forced, but the idea is Greg knows how he wants to play. He needs a guy to do that, to be that guy in the middle that sort of directs traffic and sends the passes out. Michael Bradley was great in that in the diamond midfield that they played in doing that, both for the U.S. and and in Toronto, and and clearly, you know, Greg wants to play that style, and Mark is going to be the guy that's going to do it for him. Yeah, it's been. Uh... It's been interesting to watch his his whole play just in three games. And again, we're three games in. There's no definites here. Um, but I was I was impressed with this Galaxy team. I mean, dominated the pace of the game, dominated the flow of the game, moved Seattle around where they wanted to, wanted to put them on, on the most part. I'm disappointed the Galaxy offense still is not capitalizing on a lot of the chances they had. Uh, I went through and looked at all the chances that that really you have the goal in the sixth minute, right? And then Morris scores in the 17th minute. This is... 
this is there's two mistakes by Julian Araujo in that same play, by the way, if we're if we're going to go chronological. Uh, the big mistake was leaving Jordan Morris by himself on the back post and having to catch up to him after a ball gets deflected off Nick Depew. And listen, Depew was already in the air trying to win that ball and trying to trying to basically play off his guy. And he's trying not to, like, you know, get in the way of that ball, but there's not much he can do. So it goes off his hip. Uh, and it goes to Jordan Morris. Then Jordan Morris falls down trying to basically put that ball in the net, right? Jonathan Bond has him stopped. He's not going anywhere. The ball can't go anywhere. Um, and then Araujo comes underneath it and tries to like toe poke the ball away from Jordan Morris, except he's toe poking it at his own goal. Um, and so Morris gets credit for the goal and, and Bond can't can't see that and can't try to stop that. They get, the play's over by the time Julian Araujo comes in and, and sort of taps it in. So those were mistakes there. Uh, you had a 35th minute uh, header from Chicharito. I think they got put right at Fry. That was a good scoring opportunity. So Chicha didn't score on one that he probably should have gone. You have the 45th plus minute uh, penalty kick for, for for Montero. And listen, Logan in the chat room says, "Hey, that foul was for, from the run of play." So you can't say the defense. Listen, that that you can call that from the run of play. The goal is not scored from the run of play. Is is the argument there? And if and if uh, Araujo doesn't foul Montero, whose back is to the goal who's not in a dangerous position and who's covered by another player at the time as well. That's two on one. If he doesn't bail Montero out there, that's not a goal. So it's not a goal from the run of play. The foul is from the run of play, but the galaxy had that defensive set put in correctly. Um, when Araujo came in and made a, a rash challenge, you just, you have to know where you are and you have to understand the consequences. There's a risk reward to that. What is the risk in that particular case from the Seattle side? It's that Montero is going to what turn around and suddenly fire off across that nobody's ready for the galaxy were back. Uh, they were in position. So the, the risk is that you're going to foul Montero and you do, and you foul him in the box. And Greg was pointed about that. He goes, we give away a needless penalty kick. Imagine the LA galaxy, Kevin get into halftime at one, one, instead of getting in a half at two, one, uh, imagine that the LA galaxy have after having con conceded that 17 minute goal, that 17th minute goal to, to Jordan Morris show how in control they are of that game through that entire first half. And Seattle doesn't have a chance. And they're like, man, it's one, one, but we're far from touching this game right now. Those are the things that could have changed and could have been a difference in terms of the mental mindset of where Seattle was and where the LA galaxy were going into halftime at one, one. So it's not just, a, a penalty kick mistake where you give up a goal. It's when you give up a goal and what the result of that is. Well, and, and there's some numbers to back up what you're talking about. The galaxy, only one team in MLS, which is Columbus has more shots than the galaxy the galaxy have 50 shots through three games. Um, only 15 of those are on target. So 30% of their shots are on target, but 50 shots, only one team better than them goals. They only have four, um, five, what? Five goals, five goals. Yeah. And, are, I think eight teams better than them in, in, in goals. So second, again, second in the league in shots, you know, eighth in the league in goals. They're just not converting their opportunities of their 50 shots. Only 15 of them have been on target. So, uh, you know, but then when you get to the fact, okay, well, 15 of them are on target, they got five goals. So a third of the shots they put on target, they score. That's a pretty good number, but the 50 shots leading to five goals. No, that's, that's not good. And when you look at, you know, Atlanta uh, or uh, um, Austin, I know that their schedule has been different. Austin has 10 goals already on 43 shots. Yeah, do, do, are, is, are, is, are they better than the galaxy? No, no they're not. And, and that's, I mean, that's the whole thing. But I mean, when we look at it so far right now, it's, you can listen, there are no perfect teams in MLS right now, right? I think the top number of points right now is seven. It's seven in the East and seven in the West. Uh, that's one more than the galaxy have. So really, when you look at it, you're not off the pace. The problem is, the Galaxy easily could have had a perfect start through three games. This was not a difficult game for them. They played tough. 
they did the things they were supposed to do. I mean, listen, they get a little lucky on, on Costa's goal, right? Obviously, he puts it in a good position, but it's a deflection off the wall that causes it to go in um, on the opposite side of probably where he was aiming. So those things happen when you have good good set piece takers and, and good goal scorers. So it's not like you can knock Costa for that. But the Galaxy get two goals. They had plenty of time. Uh, Cabral hit the post in the 53rd. By the way, probably the best but move. By the way, it's it's four goals for the Galaxy, not five. We said four. five a couple of times. Four goals. I'm sorry. Go yeah, ahead. you're right. It is four. Two and two and two is four. Yeah, everybody's correcting us in the chat room too. Sorry. Um, but uh, in the 53rd minute, you saw one of the best moves Cabral has probably put in his time with the LA Galaxy. He drops his shoulder to the touchline. He pulls it back uh, and he hits a right-footed curler that goes around Stefan Fry. If that's six inches a little bit further left, Fry still can't touch it, and that's a goal for the LA Galaxy. Um, so I like that. But honestly, I mean, Cabral was MIA for a lot of this as well. I'm going to put a lot of that on him, um, a lot of that on Cabral. I'm also going to put a lot of this on the LA Galaxy. He is one of the fastest players on the LA Galaxy, and they rarely play him in behind the defense. Greg Vanny mentioned it all last year. He's mentioned it through the first two games, and we didn't get to ask him about it in, the, in this third game. But they, there's the utilization issue. If you're going to have somebody like Cabral, who is going to stay on that left-hand side, who's going to stretch defenses, who's going to stretch the field, then you have to play him in behind the defense on occasion. That doesn't usually happen. And for his part, he has to start finishing chances. I love the move. I'm glad it was a great, great hit. And again, six inches to the left, he scores goal, and he could have been the hero in this game. Right, that would have put the LA Galaxy up three-two um, in that particular case at that particular moment. That's a much different thing than going in into the seventy-something minute where you know uh, Ariaga is able to basically rise up between three LA Galaxy players, or certainly between two Koulibaly and Depew, um, and and Julian Rajo keeps everybody on side. I am less apt to blame Julian Rajo for the last one, um, just because there's different things that go into that, and Nick Depew could have been in a better position, but. That's one where you sit there and say the set piece defense has to be better. And it hasn't been good for a couple of years now. This is a weakness for the LA Galaxy. So well, well, I think it was response to your question. Greg said, you know, it was asked about his assessment of the game. And he said infuriating. That's that's the emotion at the end of it. Um, you know, we talked about how angry he was. And and then he talked about the pen, the penalty kick. He said that he called it a nonsense penalty kick yes. that they gave up for no reason. Mm -hmm. And talked about how th that changed momentum, because at that point, Morris had just, well, not recently, but had scored and was tied 1-1. They're getting ready to go in the locker room. It would have been 1-1 going in the locker room. And then they give up the penalty goal. And as Greg said, these things change momentum. And again, nonsense penalty kick. You or someone asked him, I don't remember if it was you, I think it was, asked him about, about Julian Araujo's performance. Yes, that and, was me. Yeah, after he had sort of kind of throw Junior under the bus a on the, little bit on the penalty kick right and so I was like yeah. oh well let me well what did you think about Julian's performance the other? Well, I don't know here's the thing Greg said I don't know I'll have to look at the plays and get back to you because I sort of detailed but he, them. he knew he he was trying not to just go go crazy on the guy I think he was very upset and I think he diplomatically took a step back I think he knew what he felt about Julian's play he just didn't want to say it I don't know but here's the thing is that you know we he said, you know what, you can ask me about it later and I'll, I'll, I need to look at him and then I'll tell you. So it's one of those things where if I get a chance to, I'm going to ask again. It's like, hey, what did you see in that game for Julian Ron? Are we being unfair to him? I think those are like, those are, those are easy questions to ask because he's allowed to defend his player if he wants to, or he can answer it very truthfully if he wants. He's like, yeah, that Julian knows what he did. He knows what he did wrong and he knows he can never do it again because he put us in horrible situations throughout this entire game in three different situations, you know, that well, type you, of thing. You, you, you could arguably say he has been, if not the best, 
one of the best players in the galaxy for the last two seasons. Now this being the third season, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I, Pavone obviously in the in the COVID season was amazing, but Julian Araujo was really really good, and he, Julian was probably the best player on the team last year. He, you know, despite Chicharito, because Chicharito was hurt for so long, and and Chich- and and Julian carried the team. Do you think it's a case? He's a young kid though. He's still young. He's still mm-hmm. developing. He's still right. getting better. He's still learning the job. Do you think it might be a case of he's kind of drank the Kool Aid and he really has heard about how great he is and he thinks he is and he's gotten a little cocky. Um, do you think he's lost a little bit of his edge? Do you think it's just a, a poor streak like we all, everyone goes through, you know, poor streak once in a while, except for you, but most yeah, of us. Well, oh, except for me, of course. Um, I'm going to go the opposite in terms of losing his edge or, or you know, has he, has he lost focus or any of those things? I don't think that's it at all. I think that he is getting more and more of his ability to, to change games. He understands that. I think his body... Um, and his physicality allow him to change games, and he understands that he's not a he's not a rookie anymore. He is a top quality MLS defender, and he knows that. And that's not a that's not an ego thing, right? That's not to say, oh well, he knows it, and so he's just not playing up to. His. No, he has he has eyes on him now in terms of referees. He has eyes on him in terms of other teams are planning for him. There's other things that are happening. Things that that maybe were a little bit easier to him are going to come a little bit harder because there's more focus on him now. And his ability to influence a game because of these things has dramatically increased. And so I think he's made some of these mistakes before. I think he's done some of these things before, but he's never been in so much of the spotlight. And right now with his Eltry... Um, with with you know his possibility of being transferred out to you know Europe or somewhere else eventually, um, I think that that is putting more eyes on his mistakes. He is under the spotlight now, um, and we watch him every single game, mostly because if he has a good game, the LA Galaxy have a good game. This is a perfect example. Everybody, there were a lot of players on this LA Galaxy team who I thought played perfectly fine in this game. Um, in fact, there were some good performances out of this game. Uh, strangely enough, if you look at the ratings, Efrain Alvarez is one of the top performers in this. And I, to me, I'm like that. That's when you know the ratings aren't always 100% on these because I, I thought he was he was missing um, for a lot of this. But um, Julian Araujo and the entire LA Galaxy defense didn't. But when you look at the goals goals that they gave up, you would understand why they they didn't get highly rated in this. But outside of those very small, and when we look time-wise, very small little windows, the LA Galaxy played this game very well. They are competitive with the best, one of the best teams in the Western Conference, even if that team is not 100% right now. Well, and, but, you know, they, they did blow up against Leon. I mean, the, Seattle was pretty hot coming into that game. Uh, I think you're probably right about Araujo. And, and when you look around the locker room, you, would, you see some personalities in there that can go to Julian Woody. He's still 20, right? Can go to him. Uh, 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 Douglas Costa can go to him and say, hey, you know what? I used to be all that in a bag of chips at 22. Uh, and here's what I learned. And here's what I figured out as I continued on my career. And here's what you need to focus on. You know, Chicharito could talk to him about the pressure of playing for the Mexican national team and and what that might do to his psyche and his confidence and can help him a little bit with that. And then Sasha Kleshin can just, he's the pro. He can, he can talk about it all. And it, it does seem, I mean, I don't know Costa, how he, whether he is a leader, a verbal leader, whether he's up and do that. But I think we can say that Chicharito definitely wants to do that. Victor Vasquez would, Sasha Kleshin you know, hopefully those guys are are going up to Julian and and sort of telling him, look, shake it off. You've got an immense you know amount of talent. Don't try to do everything. Um, it's a long career. You're only 20. You've got to think about you're going to be doing this till you're 35. Um, the the leadership is there, and I hope it's stepping up. I'm sure that in the in the case of 
question. It, it certainly is. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't... I, I'm not worried about it. I feel like this is growing pains and it's early season growing pains and all those things. I mean, you know, people are saying, oh, they need to bench Julian around. No, you just, you nope. play him. You That's play the him. worst thing to do. <laughs> Let him play out of it. Let him figure it out. Um, he's a professional. He needs to figure this out. And, you know, if he goes a string of games where he's not there, I get last year, Greg Vanny said that he reminded Julian Araujo that he needs to play defense first. Um, and he goes, you know, hey, whatever you, whatever you think you need to do on offense, that's fine. You'll get there. He goes, don't worry about the offense part. Worry about the defensive part. And for me, there needs to be a little adjustment in that again, which is Greg Vanny going to Julian Araujo, sitting him down and saying, you're a defender. You play right back. I know in the modern game, we ask you to get up and back in the field and to contribute as part of the offense. I'm not worried about the offense. I'm worried about the defense. And you can never have an effect on a game like you did in that Seattle game. Um, and so often we call it a team game. Um, and so often, you know, we will say, oh, well, this is a team. Lo-. It's a team loss. Absolutely. But when you look on the negative effects that Julian Raha had on this game, it is significant. And it's not something you can just say, again, not trying to beat up on the guy, not trying to say this happens. These are part of the growing pains. He is relatively young and he has never been in a position with as much pressure as he has right now. I expect that all of these things, and by the way, he's never been stronger than he's been right now. And he's never been more in shape than he has been right now. And he's never had the skills at a higher level than he ever has before right now. As the guys get towards their peak, those things increase every single year. Julian Araujo is a better player than he was last year. He has to figure out how to control all of those almost like new superpowers. Kevin It's like, Ooh, I got, Ooh, look at, look how far I can shoot this web, you know? And it's like, Oh, I can shoot it farther now because I've been practicing more and stuff like it's, you have to be used to this. You have to get used to it. I think right now, maybe Julian Araujo's, you know, his muscles are a little bit too big for a shirt and that's not a, that's not a knock on him. It's just a development program. I, again, I'm sitting here as a, as a pudgy 40 year old trying to, to even, you know, think about the, how in shape some of these guys are. Julian Rajo has all the tools. I'm not, I'm not overly concerned. I am more concerned though. And I'm growing more concerned about the offense. Um, I, I don't know how many chances you need to get Kevin in order to score goals, but the LA galaxy are getting some, but they're not finishing a lot of these well, great chances. Again, only one team in the league has more shots, uh, but they're just not getting them necessarily. They're not dangerous shots. By the way, last thing on Julian, before we go, if he does get called up for the Mexican team this week, um, he has a real good, you know, because they needed him in the last set of qualifiers. He has a real good shot of starting against the U S in Azteca in a qualifier that is must win for both teams. Both either team can qualify for the World Cup if a number of things happen, right. but they need to win that game in Azteca first. So, um, talk about Julian stepping up to the big leagues in a hurry. I don't know if in this region of the world it gets much bigger than that. Yeah, Mike Gray was actually uh, in the chat room was saying, you know, get to Julian dealing with juggling pressure of LA Gal- of, of LA Galaxy and Mexico. I mean, the amount of pressure that he's getting put under for the LA Galaxy is more than he's ever had, certainly. Uh, But when you look at the stage that he is now put upon to play for Mexico in, you know, the possibility that he could be playing in at Azteca in a must win. I mean, these are the biggest of big games in CONCACAF. They don't get bigger. Um, And so, you know, I don't know that that's affecting him. I, I, I know people would want me to say, oh, well, it's obviously affecting him. I have no idea if it's affecting him. I can tell you what you know, what I see on the field whenever he plays for the LA galaxy and that he's just, he's, he's not all there in terms of focus. Um, you know, it's understanding the repercussions of the things that you do, 
right? And and that's not there right now. Um, certainly hitting three people in the face in the first two games uh, and then coming out and having a third game dud like this shows that there's there's just a little bit lacking in some area, and I'm not here to pinpoint it, but I think that Mexico, I think that playing for Mexico, Kevin, you talked about it, and I know you said it. You said, you know, that there are a lot of people who said, you know, going to play for Mexico is the absolute pressure cooker and that it's it can be a nightmare uh, for players. Especially Mexican-American players. I've had some Mexican-American players tell me that no matter what he does, he's always an American. And he'll be always be an American in Mexico. And on this side of the border, he's always going to be a Mexican. And and he can never make both sides happy. And any mistake that he makes for the Mexican national team is going to be because of his Americanness. And he doesn't belong there. And he doesn't. he's taking the spot from a Mexican player, no matter how good he gets. Um, it, there were some people that were really surprised that he decided to go play for Mexico because of that pressure. But he made that decision, and now he's on the biggest stage he'll ever be on. And one mistake could send the U.S. to the World Cup, and one great play could send Mexico. I mean, it's pretty high stakes for a guy who's 20 years old and still trying to find his way. And as you said, you know, the three face slaps in the first two games. Again, Sasha Kleshton, somebody's coming up to him and saying, dude, dial it back a little bit, you know. Um, let's not try to win MLS Cup in the first month. It, it was funny. Uh, Matthew in our chat room says, uh, Julian is pressing a little bit too much, it seems. Almost like he feels like he has to do a lot. 100%. Greg Vanny even touches on this. Whenever he played his first game for uh, Mexico, whenever he got on the field and played, Greg Vanny was like, yeah, I saw him. He had a lot of energy out there, and he was like trying to do a lot, right? That was Greg Vanny's way of saying he wished he would calm down a little bit. You're seeing that with the Galaxy. He is trying to do what? maybe a little too much. Do you think that you talked about a lot in the preseason and we were grasping at straws. We didn't really know what was going on behind the scenes, but remember how he didn't play a lot in the preseason and, and Leardam and, and Raheem Edwards were getting, you know, a, a lot of time on the field and, and Julian was, and we talked about is he had a favor, you know, what's going on. I, now that's beginning to loom a little bit larger to me. Was there something else going on? Did Greg actually at some point say you need to earn your spot? I doubt that, but was there some of that? Like, Oh my God, you know, maybe my, Forget Mexico. Maybe my uh, my role on this team right. is in danger, and I better go out and dominate all these games. And again, you know, you're not going to win MLS Cup in the first three weeks of the season. No, no, you're not, and it's certainly not. I, I, there's still plenty of time for for things to sort of gel here for uh, for the Galaxy. I did what was it, 64, almost 64% possession, 14 to 8 in terms of shots the Galaxy dominated. This is one of those. Oh, they're winning on the stats. Uh, 560 total passes to 320. Uh, a passing accuracy of close to 90% to close to 80% for the Sounders. Uh, six corners, 16 crosses. Uh, let's see, no offside uh, calls, by the way. I would expect, by the way, if you have somebody like Kevin Cabral, who's always trying to beat the back line, that you would be offside more. I'm disappointed that there aren't one or two of these because it means that they're not even trying. Uh, Cabral, listen, Cabral's on the hot seat. I don't want to give him a pass for all this. I think he's been better than the stats probably show, but the guy needs to score goals. He is an attacking player. That's what you have him on there. You have Chicharito who can score goals. Okay, great. Everybody knew he could score goals. He could score 25 goals this season, and he could probably do it without breaking a sweat. Um, he's he's a, a very good finisher. He can do that. Uh, Douglas Costa. So how many, how many goals do you think Costa is going to get this year? 10, 11, 12, maybe something like that. There needs to be another guy, Kevin. Who's going to be the other guy? There's nobody else on this roster right now where I'm sitting there going, oh, they're going to get double-digit goals. Um, and for me, it has to be Cabral. And listen, for as much as people want to play Grand Sur in the same spot and have him start, I'm saying, show me when Grand Sur has scored goals. 
Show me when he has, has done the same thing. Cabral is creating chances from the places that he has. So I understand why Greg is going to put him out there, but you need something from those two guys. If those two guys can give you a combined 12 goals or 15 goals, right? Like in that area, the galaxy will be just fine, but find some offense from Cabral, find something. And Chicharito, by the way, it needs to actually put some of those crosses that, that Cabral is putting in fairly good positions away. Um, well, they, they do. I mean, it's obvious they keep looking for Chicharito every time down, even on that goal. It, you can, it was a great goal, but you could almost make the argument that there was one pass too many, the last one to Chicharito. Um, but, you know, he wound up getting the goal, so no harm, no foul. But you're right about the, him scoring 25 goals. Right now he's on pace for 22.6 goals this Ooh, season. Ooh, look at him. Uh, I was looking so, at, I, I am paying attention to sort of where he stands up in like in goals per game in terms of how many, you know, Zlatan, I think, finished like averaged 1.07 goals per game whenever he scored 30 for the LA Galaxy, right? And the whole deal. And so at one point last season, Chicha was outpacing Zlatan on that. Now that, that came back to earth. It always does. Um, but we were watching it. So I do keep a track of that. He's not there yet. I'm not, I'm not ready to bring up the graph right now. Um, and so that's one of the things. Listen, Edwards, again, if we're talking about guys who played well, Raheem Edwards had a good game. Um, probably the most pressure he's been under in all three of these games. Edwards has three assists in three games. Um, I don't think any of us expected him to be as much as integral to the LA Galaxy's attack and defense as he has been, but playing on both sides of the ball right now, the best signing the LA Galaxy made in the offseason is Raheem Edwards, which again, it just seems like it's a crazy talk, um, but he, he has been very good and he seems well suited for what Greg Vanny's asking him. And tell us why he's now got a starting spot pretty much locked up. <laughs> uh, we did. I think we hinted at it a little bit. There was surgery uh, on the uh, on the Jorge Villafana font. Greg Vanny said earlier last week, um, he said that uh, Villafana was going to have a scope of some sort and they were going to take a look. Well, um, I would imagine I can usually tell the difference between a scope and actual 100% surgery. So it looks like they actually did something, whether that was exploratory and they said, hey, if we see something, we're going to fix it. Um, then that could have been the case. But uh, he says the struggle has been real. Didn't want surgery, but these past few months have been some of the hardest I've ever had. This is a minor setback, but with the help of my family, doctors, and the team, I know I will come back stronger. Uh, so and, yeah. And he says, a, says Alexa play when bones are good. I'm pretty sure mine is going to go off in the background, by the way, because I just said it. So, so, so it's a nightmare for Sueño. Um, By the way, I hope his wife picked out those pink, um, that pink comforter. I like that. Yeah. Pink. I, I would pick that out for myself. I don't know why you have okay. things against pink. Pink <laughs> is a nice, soft, warm color, Kevin. And it's soothing, especially at night, like in a bed, you want soothing, calm colors. But when you got your leg in a cast, when you got your leg in a cast, right? So, uh, so this probably means a lot more playing time for Leardam as well. If in fact, Araujo goes away with Mexico, although technically they won't miss any games. Um, they, Araujo should be able to play this weekend. And if he goes away, would be, back in time to play probably wouldn't if he plays a lot for Mexico. But in any case, we talked a lot about the expectation that Julian Araujo would be called up to Mexico quite a bit and that they needed to have some depth at outside back on both sides. Um, now it looks like that depth maybe is being tested a little bit. If if Araujo goes and and, and Jorge Villafani can't play, all of a sudden you're down to your two starting backs, uh, outside backs, and I don't know that there's much behind them. Yeah. Yeah. Kelvin Leardam will, will fill in for Araujo if he has to be there. And then you have Raheem Edwards on the left-hand side. Listen, Leardam has been waiting for a chance to play. Somebody asked who was, who was, uh, who was the backup at, at Edwards side. It's probably Leardam right now. 
um, just in terms of, of the ability to play there um, and do those things. I think that there is the ability if in a really big bind, Kevin, let's say, you know, you needed a more depth at like left back than, than you need. You could possibly slide Leardam over there and perhaps Zavaleta can go play on the right back side of things. It gets it gets it gets touchy whenever you start losing more. But I mean, there is some depth there. It's going to be used. So I don't think that there's anything to panic from. But the bottom line is that uh, they're down a guy. And if Julian Araujo is off with Mexico and there would be missing games for any reason, then you could see Leardown playing and, and Edwards playing with with not really a backup uh, for either of those those positions. Uh, I think Dan Starris played it outside back once this year already. I'm uh, just, for I'm Houston, just saying. For Houston. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm just saying. I don't, I don't know if Dan I want to be on that Houston never, team. Yeah, no, the, but Dan Steris will never, 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 never not heart, get yeah, your heart, leave my heart. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just tried to go over something. Here's something. Um, and obviously I have, I have my charts and, and fun things. Uh, LA galaxy right now through three games. I don't, again, I said this after the second game. Uh, I don't remember it being this high, like ever. Um, whenever it comes to the designated player, since I've been tracking even through the first three games, I don't remember it being like this high right now. The LA galaxy designated players have played 87.2% of the total available minutes. So there have been 810 total minutes and the LA galaxy's designated players have played 706 of those 810, uh, with Chicharito playing all 90 in all three games, something to watch, Kevin, that's going to be something to keep an eye on. We know no, that's going to come down. We, we know we've heard Greg say that it costs is going to get a lot of rest. And I, I think, think he intimated that that Chicharito would as well so these numbers are going to fall at some point and like you said Grant Sears going to have to step up you overlook um those guys are going to be called on sooner rather than later uh Ronald by the way nailed it um did you hear Giassi Zardes is being shopped Kevin um yes yes we so need a right back there you go you need the right back Ronald Ronald had was all over that one uh that's a good one so uh so that's where it is listen um for Imutatu is a great people are asking about for Imutatu I don't I don't know. I asked. I've been waiting. I was told that he would play down with Galaxy 2. I imagine that he's going to be a first-team signing. He has showed up on the official roster page for the LA Galaxy, so I always find that interesting. We'll see if that continues to go. I continue to ask. We'll see if they actually... Uh, I have not seen an official announcement that he signed, though. No, there has, has been none. Happened? There has been none. No, I, I would I would let everybody... Because then I would say, so yeah, he signed, and I would tell everybody where... Yeah. What do you suspect that is? That he's talking to clubs in other countries? I mean, he's no. technically a free agent. Yeah, uh, I think the LA Galaxy would own his rights within MLS, um, so right, he can't he go, go to anywhere. Play. But he could go play somewhere else if he wanted to. Yeah. I don't think that's the case. I think that they're just being slow on announcing exactly where he's going to be. Uh, by the way, Herb gave us a nineteen dollar and ninety six cents, nineteen ninety six uh, super chat, and Herb says, "Hey Josh, uh, hope the baby is doing better." Uh, yeah, Jake was had an ear infection, and I got two hours of sleep on Thursday night, uh, Friday. It was a good time. Recorded the show was like woohoo! Basically, my weekend starts after I record on Thursday, and then he had a uh, he had a fever of like 102, and so that dude did not sleep. Uh, he slept in our bed, which means nobody slept. Um, so yeah, it was a, it was fun. He's fine. He's a he's a he's a young one, so they bounce right back. But he's in preschool too, Kevin, which means he's basically working at the germ factory. Um, yeah, well, it, anyone who has not had a kid um, will not understand this, but the piercing cry of a kid with a <laughs> ear infection Ugh. there is no other sound that's ever been made oh, poor by dude. a human poor dude. it's uh, it's incredible it it just it shatters your bones it really does uh herb goes on to say hey kevin he goes can't make the live show but wanted to say i mi- i've missed a few shows and suddenly i get the dan stairs dave romney treat yeah we were kicking yeah. Herb out the, out the curb pretty fast there somebody else came on and wanted to be my sugar daddy so i was like oh see you later herb you know that that's goes no herb you're you're always special here so uh, at any time you want to stop by, we appreciate it. Um, so that was one of the charts. Let's is that, that's, is that Herb from Russia? 
<laughs> no, we don't have our <laughs> we don't have our from Russia. Okay. Um, uh, was, was that a thing? Am I missing? Okay. Um, uh, I like to also pay attention to how much players get paid, like per game, and just some like per goal, and you know we can sort of we can sort of sit there and say that. Oh, look, I even screwed up the chart. That's always good to know. Um, but anyway, uh, Javier Hernandez, by the way, if he played no more games, uh, would have been paid uh, so far two million dollars per game, right? Because you get six million dollars whether you play any games or all. But he's played three, so divide his six by three, and you get two million dollars per game, which means he's getting paid. Uh, I think $1,961 per minute so far, uh, which is just fun, fun to keep an eye on, fun to keep track of. And you list, I've seen a couple of places on these charts that you bring up, that you list Costa repeatedly at $5 million. Is that, have you confirmed no, that? No, that's that a You're guess. just going on, what, yeah. Okay. We call that a wag. We still don't know if it's, we don't know if it's $5 million, If we don't know if it's $5 million. 5.9. It could be 5.9. No, I have no idea. Yeah. And well, it, is it $5 million for a year or is it $5 million for the in eight, 18 months yeah. that he's going to be with the galaxy. No, we don't know. Any no of that. idea. No, we don't know. Um, and we'll, we'll get it eventually whenever they release the salaries, which should come up. Uh, oh, the galaxy galaxy will tell us. I'm sure. I'm sure they will. Yeah. They'll just, they'll just let us uh, go ahead and do that. Um, by the way, if anybody doesn't know what a wag is, um, that's not, not the wives and girlfriends. Whenever you're, whenever you're taking a guess and you call it a wag, uh, that's a wild, a guess, right? You get you know, wild, a guess. Yes. Okay, good. I'm glad trying to keep PG for all the kiddos who listen, uh, LA galaxy through three games with six points. Uh, I think it's the 11th best start in uh, in club history. Uh, it gets a lot better, by the way, if they like win the next game. It starts suddenly. It starts to get into like the sixth best start the LA Galaxy have had. Um, at one point, they would have been the first team since 2010 to win their first three games. 2010 won the first three. 1996 won the first three, but they didn't have draws back then, so that's not really who cares. Well, but go back to that okay. because it it is the second best start since. Uh, well, it is the best start, equal to the best start since 2012. So accent the positive. Uh, second best start since 2012. Yes, but you really have to scratch and dig in order to make that stat like make sense because they also had six points in 2016. They also had six points in 2019. They also had six points last year. Um, so there's a lot of ties in there in order for you to make that happen. Yeah, but but uh, uh, you know again, accent the positive. They beat the reigning MLS champs at home. You know, in a tough game. Then they tr- made a long uh, cross. Across the country, road trip played in front of the largest crowd in MLS history on the road and won that game. So, yeah, um, it, it's not a bad start. No, it's a good start. It's perfectly fine. It's a perfectly fine start. That does that sounds like so un, unexciting. Yeah. Perfectly fine. Uh, how how'd you like your gift, honey? It was fine. That's oh okay. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, the LA Galaxy right now averaging two points per game, uh, which is good. Just want to point out that in 2010 and 2011, the LA Galaxy finished their entire season with a 1.97 points per game total, uh, just in case you were wondering how good those years were. Hey, hey have you seen there's a Dave Bigham sighting? Uh, was he up in Portland? Because that's where he's he at. He is right? on the bench at Portland, yeah. He's backup goalkeeper at Portland. That's exciting or something. Um, I, nobody really cares about the goals right now. Uh, just a to, to reminder, the LA Galaxy scored 50 goals last year, allowed 54. If we project out what they have done so far, Kevin, uh, we can project out over 34 games and said the LA Galaxy will score 45.3 goals, which is five goals less, basically, than uh, they scored last year. And But, however, they will only have given up 30 four goals uh again last year they gave up 54 goals so if they keep this current trend which i don't expect them to but if they do they would be 20 goals less than they were last year in terms of the defense and and if they keep up this pace they'll have 23 clean sheets and (laughs) they would have then have 11 games where they give up three goals i imagine that's probably like a supporter shield a supporter shield like winning if you have 23 clean sheets right i mean that that's probably the case 
Uh, if we look by our, at our points per month, the LA Galaxy finished February, obviously perfect with 3.0 points per month, points per game per month in there. Uh, right now in March, they are at 1.5. That's fine. One win, one loss, all those fun things. And if we look at the standings, uh, the LA Galaxy sort of returning to back where they were um, after the first game. So uh, nobody's going to be shocked and, and, and dismayed by any of uh, any of the things that have gone through. Uh, if you look at the Western Conference, it's LAFC and Real Salt Lake. Salt Lake had a crazy game in the snow. So you should probably go watch that. Um, those uh, they they played but, their second game in with against Seattle in the hail after the hail in like a two hour and fifteen minute uh, delay, and then they played uh, this game uh, in the snow against New England, I believe. Uh, and ended up winning that game. And so they are at seven points, LAFC at seven points. And then the six point group is Austin, Colorado and the LA galaxy. Well, you know, LAFC played in gale force winds and torrential rain in Fort Lauderdale. And if you don't understand the word torrential rain in relation to South Florida, you're missing something because it's it, when they, they say torrential rain in South Florida, they're not, they're not kidding around. It's a shower. Um, by the way, you mentioned uh, the New England uh, game that the New England players saying that we shouldn't have played in that in that weather it was too bad. You know, they haven't seen their goalkeeper this year because uh, are you going to put out this conspiracy theory? I've been looking you don't at think this. That's true? I, I don't know. I don't think it's true. I don't. Okay. But I also think go ahead. You can tell people. I want you to tell people. It's it's interesting enough to at least like talk. Well, about he, he played in, in the game against Honduras in uh, Minnesota when it was minus three and, the, and Luis Lopez, the. Uh, goalkeeper for Honduras came out at halftime because he had hypothermia. Well, now they're talking about um, the U.S. goalkeeper actually got frostbite. He did. I don't think he made a save, made him one save, but I do remember him running back and forth across the field throughout the game, just trying to stay warm. Right. And hasn't, hasn't played since that uh, game, I don't believe. And people were saying he may have got frostbite on his right foot. Yeah, that frostbite seemed like is a long time to be out though with frostbite. Right? Appar apparently, uh, because I was in a group chat that was talking about this today. Apparently, frostbite will, if it's mild frostbite, it will repair itself in about six months. Wow, that yes. so he he could have been out a month. It, I mean, it, it makes sense that he might be. I mean, so yeah. I'm just saying. I again, I looked into a little bit, and there were some people who were throwing some actual facts at that, and they didn't seem to stick. So I, you know, hey, is what it is. Uh, but by the way. Uh, somebody did point out they're like, oh, well, this is why MLS shouldn't start when it doesn't it should just go to the regular calendar because then you can have a break. If you did a break, a winter break, which would basically be about the same length as the MLS offseason is right now, you would still have these games in this time frame. And so there would still be snow. You're not going to get away from it. <laughs> it's, that's that's one of those things. It's like you're, you're not going to get away. Yeah. If maybe if it gets warmer and it pushes further up, you can play more games in quote unquote warmer climates. But, uh, you know, wait, I, I don't well, think that's the solution. Well, we've always known the Bundesliga takes a winter break about three weeks, maybe four weeks. Sometimes some of the leagues take just like a Christmas break. Obviously, until recent events happened, I didn't pay a whole lot of attention to the Ukrainian Premier League or the Russian Premier League. Both those leagues take like 14 weeks off. Because it's just so bad. Yeah, it's in cold. winter in those countries. I mean, that's like an entire off season. You, you, could you imagine if you're out for 14 weeks and you come back and get ready? And it's in the middle of the season. So they play half their games before and half their games after. Uh, That's if we, crazy. if we look at the Eastern conference, by the way, Columbus in first place in the Eastern conference, seven points, Philadelphia, seven points, New York, Red Bulls, six points, DC United, six points, Atlanta, six points, Chicago, five, New York city, four. Uh, that's sort of where you sit, by the way, you want to talk about a top heavy conference again already Montreal, Charlotte, Miami, Cincinnati just beat Orlando. I'm not sure how to take that, but we'll, I have to go back and watch the highlights for that before I, before I say anything crazy on that, but you're well, you looking arenas, New England revolution. Wow. New England. Oh yeah. The ninth place. Can you believe it? I'm sure they'll stay there. 
Um, so anyway, just uh, the, the Eastern Conference, again, is probably going to be something the Western Conference beats up on. So expect whenever Western Conference teams play Eastern Conference teams, unless it's outside of those top four or five, um, that the, the Western Conference should prevail on that. I you mean, like imagine. this weekend? <laughs> whenever the LA Galaxy take on the number eight, Orlando City, uh, right there. Yeah, but Orlando, I think, is still a good team. So I'm not, again, we're three games in. Uh, Supporter Shield right now is Columbus LAFC. Philadelphia, Salt Lake, Austin, New York, Colorado, D.C., and L.A. Galaxy, and at the ninth place overall. Uh, again, if you are in the top 13, Kevin, you are in the better side of the 50% of the league. Um, so keep that in mind as you sort of try to stay in the better side of things for the entire year, all the way through the last game, L.A. Galaxy. Um, so we'll see uh, We'll see how that goes down. Um, so why is, why is Columbus trying to trade Yossi's artists if they're the best team in the league? Wouldn't you want to keep, again, you talked about it earlier, wouldn't you want to keep that together? Uh, he's in the last year of his contract from what I heard. Um, and because of that, they think that he has, and I think it's, he's a designated player contract as well. Um, so he's a DP. So that means he has a lot of control over kind of where he goes, what he does on all sorts of things. Um, so if they aren't planning on keeping him past this next pass into this next contract, then they should probably look to move him now. Right. Because you don't want to let the contract expire at the end of the year. So now summertime, move them, get something for it and be able to, to move on. But yeah, it's, I, I think Zardis. It's a gamble. I mean, you're Josh, from what I know, Josh is a pretty good guy in the, in the locker room and he, he, you know, has a big personality. I don't think you, I don't know. You want to mess that up. I mean, yes, I understand all the things you're saying, but the, the goal here is to win MLS cup and you're the best team in the league three games in and you're on pace for a supporter shield. Supposedly maybe not want to mess with that too much. Yeah. Uh, um, you would think, but also, I mean, if you're standing still, you're getting worse, right? It's one of those. You have to all constantly be, be moving. Maybe they, maybe they don't need a backup right back anymore. So, yeah. so they can just, uh, they can just move on, uh, from Giassi. So anyway, it's going to be, uh, going to be an each in a really, uh, a really fun sort of weekend. I think this weekend is going to be great. Uh, I had the graphic up. I'll put it up again. Uh, LA galaxy versus Orlando city coming up 1230 PM TV time. It's, uh, Univision and TUDN, I believe, is is what the uh, the TV is. Um, but the kickoff isn't until twelve fifty, so closer to one. Uh, the kickoff. Yeah, so there's twenty minute mm-hmm. pupusa time in there. That's right. And the kickoff uh, for last week's game was twelve fifty five against Seattle, and that was a Fox and Fox Deportes. Um, so whenever you see that, you can sort of say this is five minutes less, so you don't have a twenty five minute lead in uh, to that as well. So. So will the pupusa truck be there? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Are you going to be there? You're going to go to this I, game? I, I will not be there. I will be in Mexico City. See, that's what I, what do you care if the pupusa truck is going to be there or not? I'm not, you, you're just going to, comp, going to complain. I'm going to make sure I get 27,000 of my closest personal friends will be at that game. And I want them all to have pupusas. Forks I, optional. I, I understand. Uh, coming up uh, should be, let's see, I think on Thursday show, I'm, I'm scheduled right now to talk to the LA Galaxy 2 head coach, um, uh, Yohan uh, Dame uh, on tomorrow night. Um, and talk to him about the LA Galaxy 2. LA Galaxy 2 lost their game. Uh, they played against San Diego Loyal. Heartbreaker, though. Jalen Neal Ongol in the like 97th minute. Yeah, well, they were also playing down a man because Remy Cabral pulled a boneheaded play and, and took somebody out. Now, I think like with 10 or 15 minutes or, or maybe what is even more. I saw the replay of the play. So boneheaded play on that. So they kind of put themselves in a bad position even as it was. But as you said, late in the game um, and a, a Jalen Neal Ongol. This, what what, this what position does Remy Cabral play? I always thought Remy Cabral was a cognac. <laughs> uh, I think he plays in the midfield. Uh, if I remember okay. correctly, uh, at least where his positioning was, I think that's where he it was. should be a, a, a cognac. Isn't that a great name for like a cocktail or something? Yeah, I agree. 
I agree. Have, a, have a Remy. Uh, yeah, yeah, it, it works. A Remy Cabral, and then you know an RC, an RC Cola. That's that's his new drink. He's RC, <laughs> RC Cola. We're bringing it back. Um, yeah, it should be it should be a lot of fun. So anyway, um, yeah, that's sort of where we sit with the LA Galaxy. That's sort of where we sit uh, this week. The LA Galaxy scheduled to have in person media on Wednesday. We'll see. I may be able to sneak out and actually get to that one. So I will. I will. I will effort, uh, as they say. To, to who do you want to talk to? Uh, you know what? I'm really boring right now. The only person who's really that interesting to talk to for me would be Greg Vanny because he's the guy who has all the answers that I need, which is like injuries and what happened to Jorge Viafania and what did you see on all those Araujo plays? Because if you don't, you think for a second if I'm not there, I'm not asking Greg Vanny about about Julian Araujo again and what he saw. How about whether Mark whether Mark Delgado wants to be Mark or Marky? He I, nobody's going to ask him that question because everybody calls him Mark now, um, okay. except for people who have known him since he was like you know in in PJs. Uh, well, I knew him when he played at Chivas, and he was Marky then. So you could call him Marky if you wanted to. If you wanted to be yeah. that guy, you could yeah, totally he'd do probably that. Probably punch me. He should. Lots of people should. Yeah. I'm actually surprised you have remained punchless so far in your in your reporting career. Um, I'd like to take a swing at you a couple of times, but you're in a different room, so that doesn't doesn't work. But, for me. but then, then when he's like guarding a guy and the guy and the guy slips away from him, you could say he lost his mark, but you can't say he lost his marky. No, <laughs> you losty his marky. You just have to put a lot more wise in it, and you sound okay. you, you don't sound as smart. So, uh, but we should have a show coming up on Thursday. Uh, we'll be talking to LA Galaxy two head coach. We'll talk a little bit about that, and then of course we're going to get you ready for the game against Orlando, where Pato. Uh, is coming into uh, into uh, the uh, Dignity Health Sports Park. So, uh, hey, did you like watching Albert Rusnick this weekend? The the man who got away. I thought he was totally ineffective. Okay. I, I mean, I'll be. I mean, listen, there was nobody on that Seattle team. Maybe I'm trying to think. I mean, Montero was fairly ineffective, and he got one of the highest rated games, uh, highest rated plays in that game. Jordan Morris, I thought was Jordan Morris. He's always dangerous, so that's fine. Um, but tell me who created anything. Tell me where that team, the team that's supposed to be best in the West, the Seattle Sounders, tell me but where just, that team was. But you look at that team, you know, you had the lineup chart up earlier and even the guys that weren't there, that team is just loaded. And and you have to think, yes, it wasn't their best game and it's not been their best start. They did play well against Leon um, in CONCACAF Champions League. But it, it's, you know, like they say, at the end of the season, the, the numbers on the back of the baseball card are going to be where they're supposed to be. Yeah. And this team looks really loaded. They do. They just haven't figured it out yet. They're not there. Um, I mean, it's just like Manchester City didn't score against Crystal Palace. What's that all about? I mean, <laughs> all that offensive firepower, and they can't get one past Crystal Palace? The nerve of those guys, I'll tell you. Yeah. All right. Uh, anything else you want to talk about, or are we good? No, we were done like 20 minutes ago. Yeah, I know. We it's, just kept talking. It's fine. I just, I can't, there was, I think, I think everybody maybe expected us to bash on, on like, you know, Julian Araujo a little bit more. Um, Look, he's a young guy, and, and the Galaxy is not, they're not, as good as they were in the first two games, they're not as bad as they were this time. Julian Araujo is way better than he played, and he's going to be better. And we only hurt the ones we love. This is this is a better LA Galaxy team than last year, hands down. Oh, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. It's a better team. Uh, they just have to show it every game. I, I think we, the consistency you, you will be there. A, a guy as smart as Greg Vanny is going to look at last year and say, "This is what we were missing." Oh my gosh, if we had just had this here, we would have been much better. And he w- was able to go and sort of fix those things that he needed to fix around the edges. So um, 
Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, it's certainly it's three games into the season, and they're two two one and zero. It's you know you're not going to panic now. And if Chuy Naranjo is your biggest problem, yeah, you got a really good team. You're you're you're, you're fine. Uh, Victor Vasquez, I'm imagining returns to a starting role. Um, I think that Derek Williams may also come back into a starting role as well. Maybe uh, Sega or Nick Depew there uh, take take a leave of absence towards the bench for a little bit. Um, I think Greg Vanny was probably looking for an opportunity to put. Williams back into the starting, but he wasn't going to do it uh, again in a defense where they had back-to-back shutouts, right? That's like, and, and like, also I think turf a guy coming off an injury. Uh, he first play, came back on turf. He, he played in Charlotte. What do you, he, you know, Williams played like the last, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes um, against Charlotte. So that was turf. So there goes your theory again. I, I like shooting holes in your theory. That's basically what this <laughs> entire show is. Uh, I think we'll keep that up. So, all right. Uh, LA Galaxy playing against uh, Orlando City coming up on Saturday again at 12.30 p.m. TV time, 12.50 kickoff time. Uh, TUDN and uh, Univision, I believe, is where you can find that. So Seattle's turf is harder. <laughs> that, that, I'm I, right. I'm still right. You're still right. Oh, good, good job. Good save. Uh, all right. If you're looking for Mr. Kevin Baxter on Twitter, it's and at Baxter 11 <laughs> Head on over to latimes.com for all of Kevin's uh, wonderful articles there covering a lot of the uh, Liga MX action. Recently, he'll be down in Mexico again this weekend. Uh, just got back. Not to, and bore his arms tired. Um, so we'll uh, we'll keep an eye on that as the, the LA Times continues that coverage. Of course, the LA Galaxy uh, coming up on uh, this weekend, and I'll see everybody there. So if you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at JGESMAN, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N, and of course, at Galaxy Podcasts. All right, head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com. That's where you can find our videos, our podcasts, our articles, all that fun stuff, cornerofthegalaxy.com. All right, for Mr. Kevin, the Panda Baxter, I'm Josh Patogesman. You've been listening. You've been watching. Corner of the Galaxy from the box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening, and we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.